0: Say amen.
1: Say amen again. One more time. Mount Zion Baptist Church is in a small, unincorporated community called Sand Branch, right outside of Dallas. I'm sitting towards the front of the church, surrounded by chatting families and children. Unlike many of the buildings in Sand Branch, the church is clean and well-maintained. It is white walls, a maroon carpet, and a screen at the front so that Pastor Keiki can project PowerPoint slides. Music drowns out the rattle of the ceiling fans. Most of the people at the service don't actually live in Sand Branch anymore, but they used to, or their families used to, and they come back here every Sunday to join in prayer. It's also where people who live in Sand Branch often pick up cases of water.
2: Uh, let it rain. Let it rain. I promise you wouldn't set up, but just let it rain. Let it rain. Yeah. Let it rain. And somebody already said, why not
1: They haven't ever had running water. They lost their well water decades ago. But Pastor Kehi has faith that Sand Branch will survive.
2: The human side said, well, just quit but then you remind yourself, God, why did you bring me to Sand Branch? Of all the places. We have to have faith to move.
1: I'm passing by one house that actually looks pretty well put together, like fairly new. Then right next to it is um, more of like a shack that seems to be falling apart. Um, Sand Branch's few roads are lined with small houses, many in disrepair. I see horse stables and empty lots. There's something called the Community Garden of Sand Branch on my left. And actually, it seems like it's empty. There are a couple of like white painted tires. But inside, I don't see any flowers, really. Dallas can be seen on the skyline, one of the wealthiest cities in the United States, filled with fancy hotels and skyscrapers. And it's all in view of Sand Branch. It's opposite. I see a boat. Um, in the middle of the garden, it looks like just like an abandoned boat with maybe a trash can on top of it. Today, only 80 people live here. The average age is around 70 because all of the families have left. Without water, Sand Branch is disappearing. But why do the people who remain refuse to leave?
3: We used to get water out of this well. This was the best water. People used to come from Dallas down here to pump water and big gallon things and take them back down because that water was so good. I met Mary Nash's childhood
1: home in Sand Branch. Nash is the president of the recently created Sand Branch Development and Water Supply Corporation. I met her at one of the meetings at Mount Zion. I'll never forget because she entered running down the aisle to greet the pastor. Literally running with a big smile, wearing a striped, colorful blouse. She's closer to 60 years old, but acts and looks 40.
3: It started out as a four-room. We had two beds, and there were six kids. My brother-in-law lives here now, him and my sister. My sister passed away last year. It's, It's home.
1: When Nash talks about the sand branch of the past, she paints it as a thriving community, brimming with children and over 500 people.
3: And houses everywhere, everywhere. Everybody looked out for everybody. Everybody looked out for everybody's children, um, fed everybody's children. And if you got in trouble, you got in trouble at Miss Susie's house. And if you came home, your mom was going to get you, too. Nash points out a rusted
1: hand pump next to her house. We used to pump water and throw it in the house and warm it up. The pump doesn't work anymore. But even if it did, Nash wouldn't be able to use it.
3: We can't actually pinpoint when the water went bad. But
1: when they built the waste management treatment place, it went bad. She's referring to a wastewater treatment plant built by the city of Dallas next to Sand Branch. Sand Branch's well water became contaminated in the 1980s.
3: That's when they came and they tested
1: the water and they said it was not, you know, good to drink. I talked to a lot of people who debate what caused the contamination.
4: Personally, I think it was... (laughs) All, all, all of those swine forms they had down there.
3: The hog has been here for all of our lives. Uh, it didn't go bad until the waste treatment plant came along.
1: But whatever the cause was, the residents of Sand Branch had to suddenly deal with not having safe well water. They've never had running water, so they started depending on bottled water. The community tried for years to get running water.
3: There was always obstacles by People and, and things always stopped. Then
1: came the relocation. In the early 2000s, a county commissioner named John Wiley Price came to Sand Branch to help.
4: I embarked on a venture to try to bring water to the area.
1: But he found a problem. Sand Branch is in a 100-year floodplain. That means the risk of flooding for a given year is 1%, a high enough chance that they had to follow floodplain regulations by FEMA. So when Price tried to bring water, he ended up discovering that most of Sand Branch's structures were in violation of these rules. FEMA told Dallas County they had to fix it.
4: I needed to bring the rest of the community into compliance, or we were going to lose our flood insurance in Dallas County.
1: Residents had a few options. Bring their houses into compliance, build a levy around the community, move their houses, or demolish their houses, and leave. For people in Sand Branch, lifting their houses a certain number of feet to meet compliance or building a levy were impossible because they didn't have the money.
4: So I embarked upon a relocation project.
1: Instead of bringing water, Price had to kick people out.
3: When they came in and made everybody uh, move out,
1: it was devastating. The few houses that were exempt were the ones that were built before the floodplain regulations took effect. Nash's childhood home got to stay, but her sister wasn't so lucky.
3: Like, my sister had a trailer right there on that property right there, and we had to pack up everything and just go.
1: At the end of the relocation, fewer than a hundred people remained. After trying to bring water, a prospect filled with so much hope, little of Sand Branch was left.
2: Came, I, I had no clue about the background, the history, nor the, the flight of, of the community.
1: It's hard to imagine a newcomer joining the community, even falling in love with it. About four years ago, Cahey heard that Sand Branch needed a pastor.
2: They didn't know me. I for them to trust me. I never preached to them. I went out and played dominoes with them. I went out and I sat on the porch with them. I dropped off water. Uh, we engaged in conversations we became family, not a preacher.
1: Through his conversations and research, Cahey learned about Sam Branch's history, stories that had faded away through time. Sam Branch was founded by former slaves who traveled from Louisiana in the late 1800s.
2: Like most uh, free slaves, they moved to territory. They uh, became sharecroppers. They uh, wasn't able to go into town, so they kind of created a small, uh, support system out here.
1: Okay, he learned about the settlers and about a slave cemetery next to Sand Branch. He started sharing his stories with residents,
2: and that's when they started to realize, Oh, wait, f- yeah, you're right. I forgot about the cemetery. Oh, wait a minute, yeah, my aunt's buried up there. Because we started engaging in meaningful conversations that transcended just water.
1: He also discovered by talking to residents that
2: they didn't want water. They want jobs.
1: Yet, he knew it's impossible to bring jobs to Sand Branch if the community doesn't first have water.
2: I walked the street with our uh, senator down here, Branch. Sandbra- I walked the street with the assistant secretary of agriculture down here.
1: He started his efforts to bring water by reaching out to government agencies.
2: I had the uh, director of FEMA down here. I had uh, the uh, EPA's director down here.
1: But not everyone agrees that Sand Branch should get water. Everyone comes and wants to talk about Sand Branch. I'm like, what is there to talk about? John Wiley Price is a county commissioner who tried to bring water years ago, but ended up having to relocate people. Price is currently known as one of the most powerful politicians in Dallas, and one of the most controversial. When I interviewed him in his office, he'd recently been in court for charges of bribery and conspiracy he was acquitted.
4: You know, they've tried to make a political football out of it.
1: Price is convinced that the fight for water is more for raising a political ruckus than anything else. Do you get the sense that they're going to kind of give up?
4: No, I think politics? somebody else is a like I said is a, is, a, is a beneficiary and they are continue to utilize uh, the people in the in the in the game of paw.
1: Who do you think is the primary <laughs> beneficiary? <laughs>
4: well you know it, 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 it's just interesting to me uh, I've got a minister down there who uh, uh <laughs> who uh, I guess that's his congregation he, he and so I you know he every time i hear you know he's the one raising funds
1: that minister he's talking about is pastor keji but to be clear, I found no evidence that Kehi was using any money for profit or that he had ulterior motives. He doesn't actually get paid. The work that he does to bring water to Sand Branch is strictly time that he volunteers. Kehi is a little more diplomatic about Price.
2: Uh, as I told one, one of our county commissioners, you're right. <clears throat> He's opposed to bringing water. I said, you're correct. That's your perception. That's your reality. I choose to say, yes, we can.
1: Back in his office, Price pulls out a huge white binder filled with hundreds of pages. He says that everything in this binder, all documents about Sam Branch, is a whole lot of nothing.
4: To bring water just to the community, not to do the connection to the home, <clears throat> was going to be in the neighborhood of a million and a half, three million dollars. The economics were basic. Relocate people, try to provide money, because you weren't going to be able to provide water.
1: Since San Branch has never had running water, their homes weren't built to handle water pressure. So now, if people in San Branch want running water, many of them would have to build entirely new houses. Because the houses are
3: so old, see, you know, that water couldn't, it couldn't stand it, it'd blow it <laughs>
1: It would probably just explode, yes. Price also pointed out that establishing a good quality of life for Branch would require a lot more than just water. According to one report in his binder, even before the water was contaminated, Branch was deteriorating. In addition to not having water, it doesn't have trash pickup. Residents have to bring their trash outside of the community to dispose of it. Or discreetly burn it. People started moving to urban areas like Dallas, even before the relocation. Right now, nobody can deny that Sand Branch needs a lot more than just water. Yet, people in Sand Branch told me, you have to look beyond the economics, the straight numbers. Imagine you've lived in a small community your whole life. You know everyone around you. With the little money you make, you're sure that this is the best life you could have, the most calm, And peaceful. Would you want to leave?
3: I think the whole community thinks they were neglected by the county.
1: Many residents don't swallow the cost effectiveness argument. I know
0: what it is. What is
1: it? Your
0: skin's not white. Mm. Hell if this was a white touch and then have water running
1: down here over your nose. Branch's story isn't unique. It reflects larger trends of environmental injustices across the United States. It's becoming increasingly clear that low-income populations and minorities suffer disproportionately from hazards like contamination and waste. For a high-profile case, think of Flint, Michigan, a largely African-American, low-income population. It made headlines for its contaminated, lead-tainted water. But cases are popping up all the time, from inequalities in toxic waste sites to air quality. In San Branch, one thing that most people seem to agree on is that residents never had a legal voice in the past, and a legal voice is what's needed for change. Kehi is not a lawyer. San Branch needed someone who understood the way the system worked and could speak the government's language. But that's expensive.
5: I was stunned that first day just stunned.
1: Mark McPherson heard about Sand Branch through his Dallas church, which was volunteering to help deliver water coolers. My
5: curiosity was just piqued when when they, I heard for the first time that there was an area 17 miles outside of downtown Dallas that did not have running water, no sewer, and didn't have trash pickup. And I thought to myself, as an environmental lawyer, there's no way that can happen. And and yet at the same time, you have nice, friendly, reasonably happy people down there. So while I was there that day, the pastor of the church, who was the community leader, Pastor Cahy, mentioned that for the first time, they were going to have heads of 10 different governmental agencies, boots on the ground in Sand Branch for the first time.
1: McPherson knew that having 10 agencies meet in one place meant each was going to fight for its own interests.
5: And all I saw were ten red flags, ten different ways this could go wrong.
1: So McPherson went to the meeting.
5: Sheer morbid curiosity got the best of me. And
1: he decided...
5: I cannot, I can't rest knowing that this that this exists.
1: ...to work pro bono for Sand Branch. He told Cahey... Y'all
5: need your own voice. And I said, there's no way in the world that Sand Branch, anybody down there, could afford, come close to affording what they need. Um, I'm not the totality of what you need, but what I have, I will do for free. Mm-hmm. I'll just let's just get this done.
1: In the last few years, Sand Branch has formed a development and water supply corporation with President Mary Nash. They got a $30,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
3: God sent Mark to us, Mark McPherson, our attorney.
5: They all see me down there. They know my truck, they know my cowboy hat, and they always wave at me, and you know, they all know, mm-hmm. you know there's lawyer Mark, and I'll pull in other friends and friendly colleagues and other experts as needed and um, I'll twist their arm and get them to do it for free too.
1: Sand Branch even got an Environmental Justice Award from the Sierra Club. Without a doubt, they have a more powerful legal voice than they've ever had before. It's led by newcomers to Sand Branch, who the residents know and who they've seen making change, walking agencies through the streets and securing thousands of dollars. But is it Sand Branch's voice when newcomers are the ones calling for change? One resident, called Brother Hall, isn't sure. I sat with him outside his house one afternoon while he looked out across his lawn.
0: The community needs to know what's happening, you know, even if it never developed. But there's the other people, you go around, and you hear about it, you go around and don't even live down here. They're down here at the meeting. How did they know about it? This is not the first time we've ever tried to get water down here. Mm-hmm. They work on it and work on it. You think you halfway through, then you run into a roadblock somewhere. Then everything dies.
1: In Sand Branch, under the lull of paperwork and bureaucracy, there's a flood of tensions and questions. Should their fate be decided by intangibles or economics?
0: I've put 40 years of work in this place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It may not amount to anything to anybody else, but it means a lot to me.
1: Who gets to speak for Sand Branch? Tom and is it even Fuller. possible for a poor community to have a voice that people listen to?
5: You, y'all need your own voice.
0: Got we need to know something, but we're the last to know. That,
1: um, is it right to make it poor poor harder for Sand Branch to survive Simply. because it has a 1% risk of flooding each year?
4: We we're going to lose our flood insurance in Dallas County.
1: Never flooded
3: in Sand Branch. Never, ever flooded
1: in Sand
2: Branch.
1: This is an ongoing debate, and people have been debating for decades. But whatever the answers are, people's lives go on. The residents will keep living there, the pastor will keep fighting, and something will happen to Sand Branch. So, what could Sand Branch become? On the one hand, if Sand Branch doesn't get water, it would just fade away. On the other hand, if it does get water. Do you think that if you guys get water, people will come back?
3: No, I don't think it. I know it. That's a dream of mine, is to
5: move back to Sand Branch.
3: I probably wouldn't move back without the water, but I wouldn't move back.
5: It's really pastoral down there. It's a, There's no wonder to me that why they want to go back down there. It's so lush and green and beautiful. It's right there by the river.
3: I have more days behind me than I have in front of me. But I I know a lot of people that I, that I know that still own their land that want to come back to Sand Branch. I don't have to have no big mansion, just... Just a nice, comfortable home where I can live out the rest of my
1: life. The country life, but the good life. Even this beautiful, ideal picture of Sand Branch gets complicated.
3: So now I try to flash forward, like fast forward, to what it'll be like if there's water and a normal trash truck running. And I think they probably would make it more modernized, kind of like downtown Dallas. Wow. People would move back. I can see the land getting cleared off, and people, probably new people would come down. And I just pray that they don't destroy it. Because, you know, if, if somebody come down here and build a $200,000 house, that's going to mess it up for everybody else.
1: It's a catch-22. Sand Branch needs water to survive long-term. The current residents can continue to live here, But they're old. Sand Branch needs water to attract new people to revive it. But if they get water...
3: Buildings, apartments, you know, like how you see this big forest and then you come back by and they've cut down all the trees and there's skyscrapers there. That's kind of what I fear.
1: With Sand Branch's proximity to a huge and rich city, what if it becomes gentrified? Maybe not filled with skyscrapers, but something closer to a suburb, like the ones that Sand Branch is surrounded by. Eventually, will the residents lose the peaceful, tight-knit community that they love, making it die out in another way?
2: So what we did was, so we did, we asked people who had pictures of the
1: past. At the end of his sermon, Pastor Kehi projects pictures of past residents, current residents, families, community. Each new picture is greeted with laughs, or with a more watchful quiet. Everyone knows all the faces on the screen.
2: I want to charge them and all of us today to keep this legacy alive.